Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to another episode of Anti Socialite. Um, I'm your host, Carly Cassidy, as you all may already know, but I wanted to come on here and give a quick intro before this week's episode um, because it was my first remote recorded episode. So the sound quality might be a little bit fuzzier than usual, but nothing too distracting. And I'm really excited for this episode. It was a really cool conversation with um, Ariana, who has her own super successful dating matchmaking podcast and events company, Drinks First. Um, also, we recorded this episode about a month ago, um, and we talk about the new season launching. But um, wonderful for you guys, it's already out, and you can binge through like four seasons of her podcast episodes. Um, and listen to the new season as they roll out. So yeah, enjoy. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Anti-Socialite. I'm your host, Carly Cassidy, and today I have a very exciting guest with me, um, Ariana Nathani. Welcome. Um, And Ariana is the founder of the Drinks First podcast, and is it also like a full-scale events kind of company now? Yeah. Do you have, have, I'm like, do you have an LLC now? Like what? I do have an LLC. It is is a business. You get like the nice, do you get the like, it's like the doing business certificate in the state of New York. I I mean, I did it all remotely. I don't know. if Okay. They should send you, I know when I did one in Texas, they like sent me this like fancy certificate. My mom put it in like a shadow box. (laughs) Oh, that's really cute. I don't think I have anything like that. For those of you who don't know Ariana, her podcast, Drinks First, is like a dating and relationship podcast. Um, and how would you, I guess like there's no one who would describe it better than like yourself. Like how would yeah. you describe it? <laughs> and- yeah, of course. Well, one, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah. And two, so Drinks First is like a dating lifestyle podcast. I interview and it's very uh hyper local to New York where I interview anonymous singles based in New York City and my listeners can match with them so it's like a different way for people to meet just like a totally different channel uh it was born sort of out of frustration four years ago in 2019 from people and they're like talking to people and their dating app experiences and seeing how gamified and how biased it is and so at the time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and I thought, hey, I have an idea. Like, why don't I try it? Yeah. And like you alluded to, there's, like, events and all sorts of other things involved, what I now call the drink, the drinks first ecosystem, because um, <laughs> it's events, it's social media, it's the podcast, it's all sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, starting in 2021, I was able to start throwing events, and the community was growing, and that has been a totally different arm of the business where it's this like amazing community I've built of like diverse 20, 30 somethings based in New York City who just want to not just romantically, but like just want to meet people in a different setting. So 
that is the very quick elevator pitch on what drinks first yeah. is. I honestly, I love it. I, I don't even know how I didn't find out about it for so long. I think part of it is just like COVID and then living under a rock and not like knowing all the hip cool places to go out anyways. That's, I learned very quickly after listening to episodes that, um, cause you always ask people like, Oh, what are your recommendations? Like where do you like to go out in New York, um, eat and drink? And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't even know. I'm like, I can tell you brunch places and like places in broad daylight, uh, like favorite park benches to sit on with coffee. But like going out, I was like, oh damn, I knew that. And then I was surprised by how quickly I realized I would be able to come up with like a boat name. Cause you always ask people what they would name their boat. And I was like, why, why could I not come up with a it's a hard a bar, question but like you're like oh yeah boat one two three go and I was like oh easy like got it <laughs> um but yeah no I love it so would you say because you're talking about frustration with dating apps would you say that like dating app culture is kind of like I guess like killing dating in the 20 21st century like, you know I think take it has totally transformed dating you know 10 15 years ago nobody was dating like this dating online was kind of taboo and now majority of people date online um I think it's something like 40% of couples have met off of a dating app and it's something crazy like 70% of single people are on dating apps so it is now our reality um do I think it's destroying like (laughs) it's tough to say because I do think it's a different channel but you can't view it as a means to an end. Like it has totally transformed the way that we interact as people. And in a weird way, like COVID completely accelerated that because we were all forced to be online. So with or without dating apps, like this kind of connection was going to be coming for us like online centric regardless. I think with dating apps, like at the end of the day, they're a business So whether you're paying for a membership or you're using it for free, like the goal of a dating app should be to get you dates, but that's like inherently against any business model a dating app would have. So I feel like these companies are not incentivized to actually help you find people you're interested in. Um, But it is, I think, a good way to get out of your circle and to meet people that you might not meet otherwise. So I don't think it's killed dating, but it has made it incredibly, like, gamified, incredibly biased. Like, you know, people can look at a dating profile and in two seconds decide yes or no. And that's not how interaction works in real life. But it really depends, like, what you're using it for, how you're using it, how much worth you're placing in it. Um, I think, like, any technology, like, you have to use it with some limits yeah no I like the word like gamified because I always feel I feel like it's like a video game for people it's and I always think back to anytime I've ever had a crush on a guy that I've met in a natural setting anytime I've ever come across his dating app profile later on I'm I'm like ew like what the fuck is this yeah no (laughs) but they're people I'm like in love with in person so I'm just like you know it doesn't it's like superficial Um, but it is, it's so normal now to where I almost feel like we've gotten to a stage where I'm almost like weirded out when guys come up to me in person. Cause I'm like, I'm like, is this creepy now? 
to just have confidence. No, it's definitely different. I think a lot of people feel like a lot of women, especially in like a heterosexual context, like want to be approached by men. They want their meet cute. They want to meet in real life. And, you know, one thing I've learned by talking to a lot of guys in the past like four years is like, and this is partially our own doing. And I think that it's a, you know, it's good, but it's a double-edged sword, like because of the Me Too movement and because of things surrounding consent and also COVID making it just like us losing all of our social skills. Like men, when you are in like, especially an alcoholic setting, a lot of men don't want to approach women for fear of like doing something wrong or being creepy. Like, and so they, they just choose not to engage. And, you know, that's great that people are thinking twice about, you know, how they might be approaching women and their safety. But at the same time, it's like, you know, this is what we were asking for. We were asking for those, that sort of education and protection. But at the same time, like, you're not going to get as many guys coming up to you at a bar, like being like, hey. And when that does happen, you're like, automatically, is this person creepy? Because it's you know, maybe the ones who aren't creepy, like, aren't thinking about, or are, like, thinking about it, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's wild. And um, moving back to the podcast, because it started out mainly being, I guess, you, would you pull from, like, your friend group and interview them? Or how did it evolve from, you know, people that you knew in real life? Did you, because now you have, I see on Instagram, like, casting, do people, like, write in, like, trying to be on the show? Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I started it as a hobby, so I really was just plucking from, like, my friend group. Uh, I was like, hey, like, you know, I think you would be good. Let's talk. Like, we already talk about your dating life. Like, let's just do it on a podcast. Um, and, yeah, just as it grew naturally, more and more people hearing the concept, they were like, oh, I'd love to be on something like that. And so I, ha- I created, like, a casting form, and people can fill it out and ha- ask some basic information and, you know, why you'd want to be on the podcast and a little bit about your like specs and things like that. And if, you know, I still prefer to pull from people that I have had experience with in real life because I'm recommending these people like to an audience, but, or at least I'm projecting their stories like to an audience. Like I would at least want it to be somebody that I know can have a conversation for at least an hour. Um, So, uh, but I do pull people from casting once in a while if I really feel like I need, um, you know, different perspectives or things like that. I will do a pre-interview with them. And if I think they're a good fit, then I'll ask them to come on. That's awesome. Um, And more about that, because I love, I also love just that it's anonymous. I feel like you're kind of ahead of the whole like love is blind before that was even a show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Drinks first was pre-love is blind. Yeah. And I just... I, I don't know. I just love it because I feel like so many podcasts, you know, it's even like Call Her Daddy now. It's just the celebrity interviews or if we're interviewing someone that's not maybe like an actor, they're an influencer, they're like peddling something that they just release. So I just love that it, I don't know, it's just like real people and their stories. And I just, I like learning more about, you know, like people my own age and what their perspectives on love and things like that are. I think it's really um, enlightening and people are really vulnerable on your show. Like I'm, I guess, is it like the anonymous factor do you think that makes people yeah absolutely up? absolutely okay. I think 
So the whole anonymous factor, I think, plays into a lot of different things. It's like yeah. it number one started with that feeling of that like bias you have on a dating app when you look at someone's profile and immediately right. swipe left because oh, they're 5'8", like, God forbid, you know? Yeah. Or, like, one thing is off and you're like, no. Or that photo is kind of grainy. No. Like, yeah, (laughs) we're so conditioned now to do that that we, you know, attraction doesn't work that way. Like, when you meet someone in person, their personality, their, like, all sorts of things can influence your attraction to someone just beyond, like, a photo. So that's kind of where the anonymous idea came from. I was like, let's just get rid of it. Like, let's get rid of all of that visual aspect of it and see what happens. And it started serving, you know, a whole bunch of other purposes. Like it allowed people to be more vulnerable without feeling judged about their experiences. And it allowed them to be honest. It also allows people to share their stories. Like I never wanted the podcast to be about me and yeah. I think when I started when I started drinks first the the dating podcasts I was listening to it was either about the person and their experiences like the host and their experiences right or it was talking to influencers talking to celebrities yeah and those dating experiences are not relatable to a normal person let alone also just the whole like call her daddy era like I don't look like Alex Cooper like it's hard for me to follow her like dating advice and rules when like I can't relate to this person's lived experience like I'm not a tall white blonde athlete so it was also like the whole anonymous factor allows me to bring people from all different backgrounds onto the show and have them share their dating experiences because I'm no expert. I just want, I want somebody who knows what it's like to date while trans or knows how to date while they are a person of color. Like, what is that experience for them? Like, I'm not the one who's going to be able to tell that story. They're the one who's going to be able to tell that story. Um, so it, it has worked out in like a number of facets. Yeah. And then speaking of working out, I want to know, like, how often do people like write in or try to match with people? Is it like pretty frequent? Yeah, it is pretty frequent. Um, I would definitely say just generally more listeners are women, like straight women so, or women who are interested in men. So the guys who come on the podcast get so much more interest. <laughs> yeah, get, they get so much more interest than um, women just because of the listener base. But like, yeah, everybody everybody gets some yeah. some love <laughs> do you get because you I know before you're like oh yeah and if you don't have an Instagram feel free to email us have you gotten emails from people I match? have gotten emails yeah there That's are people so who like just aren't on social media yeah, and I so but I that's actually changed now so in the first few seasons I was doing um like you could dm or you could uh you could email yeah but now I have a form that you oh. can fill out so you don't need to have social media at all to yeah. to just fill out the form if you're interested. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that. And then I really want to, yeah, I want to know like how have there been any drinks first matches that are like relationships now or have people met and like really hit it off? Like I'm Yeah. Curious. So where I've seen that success, I mean, there are people from the podcast who've like gone on multiple dates, 
But what I've seen from the events, like there are, there have been a lot of success stories from the events and it's hard for me to keep track of all of that. Um, I, I honestly can't. It's just what people tell me. Um, so like one of my very first events that I threw in 2021, like there was this like big TikTok influencer there and she met her boyfriend there and they're still oh. together. Um, and then, and I don't even know if she knows that. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if she like knew what kind of event she was at, but yeah, yeah. she's still dating her boyfriend that she met at <laughs> drinks first event. Um, I've had other, fr- like I know a couple that is moving in together. I, Yeah. So it has worked um, for some people. That's so exciting. So, and I know you've done like several seasons of the podcast. Do you do it kind of like, I almost think it's like a TV show where you come with like a new season and then there's like uh, 10 or 15 episodes um, and you have like a new one coming out. When does that, like when does the first episode drop? Yeah. So it's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. So stay oh, tuned. Yeah. Do you like or do you prefer um, like the event side more or would you say? um, Yeah, I mean, it's I love the events. I think they have a really large impact and it does take a lot of my time. So the past like year and a half, I really, really was focusing on building out this events arm to a point where it kind of feels like I have it down pat. I have it easy to work with a bunch of different venues and do all sorts of events Um, So I definitely have been focusing more of my energy there just because I see a larger impact, but the podcast is still very special to me. So um, I also have been like working on a few partnership deals and stuff in the background, which is why it's taken some time for me to get back to the podcast, but it is coming out in the next few weeks. Yay. I'm excited. Is it something where you pre-record for like a whole season or is it kind of like as you go throughout... um it's been different. Like I've learned, I didn't know anything about podcasting like when I started. So I've kind of learned as I've gone. Um, I have pre-recorded some episodes from this season and I have to record at least the next half of the episodes. So uh, there are some like kind of time jumps, you know, we might be talking about summer and then in the yeah. next one we'll be talking like, about fall. Hot girl but, summer to pumpkin spice. Yeah. So uh, that's on me for being like consistent about it all. But um, I do like have a full time job no, on yeah. top of all of this. So it is about balancing all of it. That was um, one thing I wanted to ask. Like, how do you like? Well, one, what is your full time job? If you don't mind me asking, like, what do you do when you're not, I guess, yeah. creating this community? Um, well, I like I graduated college and undergrad in 2019, and um, I've been working since I graduated, and I also started Drinks First like a month after I started work. So it has simultaneously been a part of my life, like since I started working. Yeah. Um, So I have gotten kind of used to the nine to five and the five to nine lifestyle. Um, But I am a digital experience designer at a really massive healthcare company, like the biggest healthcare company. (laughs) Um, And I've been there for four years. It's, it's a great company. I have learned a lot in my time there. Um, The team is really great. I, especially working healthcare during COVID was an insane experience and it's not something I like ever wanted to give up especially at during 2020 2021 I really felt like I was working on projects that were super impactful um 
because the company I worked for came out with a vaccine. So we were doing a lot of work around vaccine technology. Yeah. Um, So it it just scratches like a different part of my brain. Um, But as Drinks First has grown, you know, it demands more and more of my attention. I do think at a certain point I will have to make a choice. Yeah. But I was really lucky to like have a hobby that I loved and also have a job that I love. And that's, that's, you know, not everybody's as lucky to say that. Um, It is, it is hard to balance at times and, you know, I'm just one person and (laughs) you can see like if I'm not consistent with the podcast episodes or the events or something, it's, because I have a lot going on. In my yeah, life. no, understand. <laughs> so you're like, say when you're not um, saving like love lives, you're kind of helping save normal <laughs> lives with the the customer experience indirectly <laughs> through through a couple channels. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like really, really far <laughs> removed. But yeah. I, it it definitely is a struggle. I'm not perfect at it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been four years of doing this, and I. I'm able to do it, but it's, it's definitely like, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Would you say then, I feel like, are you an extrovert? I feel like you have to be. I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah, absolutely an extrovert. That's so cool. And I, I actually had a friend because I was telling her that I was going to talk to you and she's like, oh, like I tried to go to one of those parties last year and they honestly like good job because they couldn't even, I think they were there 20 minutes after it started and the line was so long. They were like, Oh no, like this is going to, we're not like, we're not getting in. Like, um, so like you're doing, you're doing really well. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. No, I'm, I'm like blessed that people feel strongly about coming out to the events. What I will say is like when it is a larger event, like at a bigger venue, you know, wait in line, you will get in eventually. Yeah. Like okay. I'll, I'll pass on the word. I'll tell her. I want to go. Yeah. To one. I definitely. Yeah. You should definitely come They They really range in size and vibe. And like, it depends what kinds of, what venue I'm working with, what brands right. I'm working with, like X, Y, Z, what we're celebrating. Yeah. Um, so, or, or not celebrating, you know, just <laughs> a party to party. Um, yeah. So it really, like I try and do different kinds of events to cater to different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, and also, like, try and make them a mix of being, like, really accessible or being, like, somewhat more exclusive because I've gotten mm-hmm. feedback that people want both, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've had to work business models to work uh, to work for having free events versus, like, selling tickets for, like, right. application-only events. So, oh, wow. yeah, wow. it really ranges. <laughs> no, I, I definitely like that because I, I think one of – the things I really did like when I first started listening to or like binging a lot of the podcast episodes are just how inclusive they are. Like there's just so many different types of people like from their backgrounds, and, like sexualities where like, and also the story, I don't know how you get so many people that have such interesting stories. I'm like, this is like, I thought I had like wild dating stories. And then I'm listening to some of these things and I'm like, oh my God, wow. Like I'm a novice. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're not interesting until they sit down behind a podcast mic. Yeah. They are interesting. They like tuck um, their hair behind their ears. Like, well, actually, this one time. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Everybody, everybody has a crazy dating story, you know? Yeah. And that is not exclusive to any kind of singular person. Everybody dates yeah. for the most part. So yeah. that's why, I, you know, I do think it's really important to have different sexualities, genders, 
you know, races, socioeconomic like differences. Like it's different for every kind of person. So I do like to put an emphasis on inclusivity. Yeah. Um, within the community and then turning around because you said you didn't want the focus to be yourself on the podcast was there ever kind of like a hope or did you ever think that you might meet someone or like did anyone ever try to slide into your dms (laughs) from listening to the pod um (laughs) i have been like you know people have hit on me at events or you know have even during podcast episodes but (laughs) it's what are you doing after this (laughs) yeah It is definitely more, uh, like when I do anything for drinks first, I I am like, this is my business. Like I don't mix business and pleasure. The, um, like me starting this was never for myself. It was for other people. Uh, and I think that's just like an (laughs) ethical business decision. Yeah. Um, I never, I mean, I would be open to meeting someone like through, drinks first if I'm like you know especially at an event or something where it's like more open format but right it um yeah it was never that was never my goal but to some degree it is like building something that I would love to use and I would love to be a part of and if I think like this is cool or I think I would like want to participate then I think other people yeah you're like you're like I know it's cool like if I if I would do this then other people will it's awesome um and then I guess I was going to ask, because you're, are you in a relationship? I like try, I thought. I am currently not in a relationship. Okay. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can also like, I can also cut stuff out too. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm recently single. Okay. I was in a relationship for a year and a half. Okay. And you um, didn't, you didn't meet at like any of the, like the drinks. We did not time. meet through drinks first. We met through Bumble. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You were, really- you're saying like you don't like Hinge, you like Bumble. Yeah, I personally like Bumble just because I have yeah. more success on it as like, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, Hinge's algorithm like they doesn't do. like me. <laughs> They're like Hinge is so weird. One time I I paid for it for like a brief stint just because mm-hmm. I, I would get I think everybody has that moment. <laughs> I would get overwhelmed by having to click through everyone and you if someone had like a comment, I couldn't scroll back. So I wouldn't want to have like five guys I would go out with at once in my queue and then they would like disappear so I would kind of be like oh we just matched six months later Um, yeah (laughs) it was like once I started paying for it the algorithm did me so dirty and like (laughs) the people it was like saying most compatible with and stuff I was like why is everyone ethically non-monogamous that it's yeah I'm most (laughs) compatible with I was like no (laughs) yeah I I don't personally I don't think the hinge algorithm like works that well for me but I have seen many people like have relationships off of hinge so, you know, and and for me, Bumble just worked better. Um, yeah. And my my ex, he, we had mutual friends. So it wasn't like he was a complete stranger. We would have never met through those friends and we had never met before. But, uh, you know, we shared some like similar social circles. But yes, no longer in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say like, was it hard when you were in a relationship to balance like that with the business stuff too? Or is it just, it's just like another thing kind of on, on your social plate, <laughs> your plate? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I think in a good relationship, you have somebody who fits like really well into your life yeah. and I have nothing bad to say about my relationship. It was a wonderful yeah relationship he's a wonderful person we just wanted different things long term 
but it was he was super supportive of everything that I did and fit very well into you know coming to my events and wanting to you know support me and if I was overwhelmed it was good to just have like a partner to bounce things off of um so I think when you get into what I what I've known is like when you get into a relationship it should just feel easy yeah and it did feel easy like I felt very supported and um it didn't feel like I had an extra thing on my plate it just felt like a natural like positive addition to everything I was doing Today's episode is sponsored by Zach. Zach's unusual skills are his reflexes. If something falls, he will usually catch it. Why is this important, you might ask? Well, two things. One of which, if Zach drops the ball, he's probably going to catch it. Not always, but usually. And two, as someone who has fallen after fainting on a first date and not being caught in time by said date, whether it was reflexes or interest. Um, I can appreciate a man who has the reflexes, you know, to cushion my fall and thus my hospital bill. Thanks, Zach. One thing I really wanted to ask you, because you've talked on your podcast, because I feel like a lot of the people in your friend group, they're also born and raised in New York or like quite a handful are. You went to private school, like high school. In New York? I did, um, but only for three years, actually. Okay, because I didn't know if there's, like, anything to the whole, like, kind of, like, Gossip Girl, New York, like, Upper East private school. Like, if there's <laughs> any, any, like, truth, not truth is, like, the... No, the, there definitely the is a lot of truth to it. Um, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I grew up in New York City, and I went to public school from basically preschool till the end of ninth grade. Um, I went to a specialized public school. So the education was very similar to what you would get at private school. It was just kind of like public school (laughs) resources, like the building, you know, felt like a public school, (laughs) like, you know, all, it wasn't fancy in any regard, but the education was amazing. Um, that I feel like New York city, like schools have very distinct personalities and distinct like microcosms that people like socialize within and there's public school there's like specialized public school and then there's private school yeah and specialized public school and private school have some overlap specialized um public school and normal public school have some overlap like public like completely public completely private like I wouldn't say has as much yeah it's just that kind of like three circle yeah. Venn diagram <laughs> um <laughs> like pri- I decided to go to private school starting in 10th grade um okay. my older brother had gone to private school like an all-boys mm-hmm. school for his entire life like k through 12 oh wow and had loved it had an amazing experience I went to all-girls school from 10th to 12th grade so three okay. years um, and there was a number of reasons I made that decision. A lot of it, you know, was kind of my own stubbornness. My parents always like thought it might be better if I tried going to private school. They tried pushing me into an all girls school when I was in sixth grade and I was really yeah. stubborn and I said no. Yeah. Um, and then I like a rebellious teenager, like preteen, I wanted to go to pr- uh, boarding school. Oh. And so I like applied to boarding school for high school yeah and 
I was really stubborn. And my parents were like, if you're applying to boarding school, you might as well apply to private school as well. And I was like, no, like if I'm leaving New York, like I don't want to leave my school. If I'm leaving New York, like if I'm leaving yeah. this school, like I'm going to go I'm going out of New York. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up getting into a school and I like had visited it, done the whole thing. And I was like, holy shit, like, I don't want to move to Connecticut. Like, yeah. what am I thinking? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I nixed that. Um, yeah. And that was, like, for entry to ninth grade. And then 10th grade, um, I was like, fine, I'll just bite the bullet and apply yeah. and see what happens. But it kind of sucked because my options were way less than had I decided to go in 10th grade. Oh, okay. Um I mean, in ninth grade, yeah. like the normal entry for high school. So schools have way less spots available for yeah. allowing kids in for 10th grade. Um, so I didn't really have much choice. And I had gotten into and I, I only applied to schools that I would ever actually consider going to, like yeah. that were just as good as the public school I was at. Right. Um, specialized public school is interesting. It's kind of like skins. Like, oh, my God. OK, wow. It's yeah. like very you know there there's a lot of drugs there's a lot of alcohol there is like a lot of um but really wickedly smart kids who come from all different backgrounds so being exposed to people in from different communities and especially in New York City like because I was in a specialized public school you know there are kids coming from Queens Brooklyn Manhattan um Staten Island the Bronx um but specialized public school still is like skewed racially because the people who have access to that kind of like level of education to even prepare them to take these tests to get into schools are privileged in other rights. So it, there's a lot of like East Asians and stuff at specialized public schools. So a lot of I mean, I met a lot of people like who would come to school from Queens, which was not the case like when I was growing up, like the public like when we opened up into high school we allowed people from other boroughs, but for elementary school, it's just people in Manhattan. So very different experience. When I went to private school, it was like a whole different world. And it, it was a world I knew existed because I had lots of friends and like my brother was in it and like whatnot who had gone to private school. But once you're like actually in it, it's so different, especially in uh, going from co-ed to an all girls school. Um, it is so it is similar to Gossip Girl like Gossip Girl is dramatized for sure but it's not that the level of drama yeah there there's a lot of wealth there's a lot of discrimination um you know people put a lot of value in clout and like who you are and who you know there were extravagant parties I went to at people's like crazy townhouse mansions things like that like all of that exists. Like yeah. it just does. Drugs and alcohol exist at public school and at yeah. private school. And then, you know, just the resources were so crazy. Like we had a spin studio and my at the high school. Yeah. And oh my, my like school owned a farm upstate where they would get farm to table like vegetables and cuisine for like oh my God. lunch and breakfast. Shit, I'm <laughs> like, like, can I eat that? <laughs> no, it was actually like fire like we would get like focaccia pizza and like miso glazed salmon and like going from like I never ate lunch at public school like no one really ever did for the most part they would pack lunch because it was nasty like to go from that like my public school was only 
four blocks away from my private school. Yeah. Completely different worlds. Completely different worlds. Um, So, yeah, there is definitely truth to it. There's a lot of absurdity to it. But the, the whole reason I decided to go was I was in a public school of like 250 kids per grade, yeah. which is, you know, in the grand scheme of public school, not that massive. No, not um, from Texas. We had like 1,200 people. <laughs> yeah. But then I went to – I switched to a private school of yeah. 60 girls. Oh, my god! And for my parents, like college was always the most important thing. Yeah. They really believe in the power of education. I think that's like such an immigrant mentality, but it's yeah. true. And so they always thought that, like, going to a private school would be better for college for me. Yeah. Hard to say if that's true or not. Um, yeah. I think I struggled a lot in private school for a lot of different reasons, mostly just, like, adjusting to a new way of life and a new new group of people that were right. so different than what I was used to. Um but I did get a lot of, like, specialized attention because you're one of 60 people. Um so that's like why I decided to go. It was like mostly because of college. Um, but <laughs> I'm curious. One thing I just want to know based off of this is like literally like 12 year old me watching like Chase Crawford <laughs> and um, Blake Lively. Do people like really modify their uniforms? Like do they love yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. To some, well, like to some degree, like yeah. by modify, like. My my school was pretty lax on uniforms. Like you could yeah. wear any kind of t-shirt oh, and nice. you just wear a skirt, but people yeah. would like roll their skirts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I went to private school for like, I did the reverse. I did private school for ninth and 10th grade. And like, maybe I'll like this. And then I was like 120 people. This is way too small. Like mm. I know everyone <laughs> No. But we had, like, a nun that would literally, like, make us get on our knees and hold up, like, a yardstick, and your skirt had to be, like, a certain length. Or if you would, like, put safety pins or rolled it, they would be like, nope, like, you couldn't even, like, get past the door. It was so ridiculously strict. Yeah, I mean, if it was, like, egregiously rolled, they would say something, but to a certain degree, they were like, fuck it, like, it's just everybody's doing it, so whatever. Um, Yeah, and I'm trying to think my brother's school, like, I mean, boys just aren't, like fashionable like that so <laughs> they didn't really care my brother went to an all-boys like private school and like I don't honestly he probably wore like the same shirt like every day just because he would be like lazy and just being like, yeah mm. he's like it doesn't smell terrible <laughs> <laughs> um let's see in terms of let's see if I can find else oh yeah so before drinks first like where do you see it go like I don't want to be like where do you see yourself in five years like, I don't want to be like your guidance counselor but like if you could do anything with it or like would you like it to be your full-time job eventually or yeah you know, you know like I said at the beginning I do really love my job so the goal yeah. was never to like have a new job <laughs> it was like really solely to have a hobby and I'm just very lucky that this hobby has become like more than a hobby and it's become a second job um I do think because I've spent so much time building this eventually, maybe at some point it will become something I focus on full time. Yeah. Um, I would love to expand drinks first to other cities. I was going to ask you that too. I was like, do you see this going like nationwide? Um, I, you know, I would love that. Um, I, I am figuring out like potentially how that could happen. Um, you know, dating is not <laughs> just an issue in New York City. People 
resonate with this idea everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it is of interest to me. I think that's like, you know, if sky's the limit, like I would yeah. love to have a drinks first in like every major city internationally. Like yeah. would it, it doesn't be- even Sorry, would it be like the pot, like kind of more like the interviewing singles or would it be these like events or both? Even? I mean, I would love to have both, like, but maybe I'm not the one interviewing. Like maybe there's a different host for Miami and a different po- host for London because like, I don't know what it's like to date in Denver or Colorado, but somebody else might and they might be a better fit to host the podcast but you know we might have the same branding and the same kind of community elements and name recognition and like they could have the events and podcasts in like another city so that's something that I would love to have um and that would be definitely like future (laughs) goal yeah that's um Um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time I know we had (laughs) we had some technical difficulties this morning thank you Riverside um, but so on your podcast, um, you do like a, a rapid fire segment at the end, like shots where it's just like, yes or no fast things. And so I thought it would be fun as like a little like ode to that to do, um, like swipes. And I, I guess it works now too. Cause you're, you said you're recently single. So like maybe it's more, um, <laughs> like if you would swipe right or left on something, it's just kind of like rapid fire is just like an automatic left or sure. right. Um, but yeah, let me find my little list. Um, okay. So the first one is uh, he's 30, but he lives in Murray Hill. <laughs> like if, if like not with roommate, like if he lives alone, then like fine. Yes. Oh, and then for people who aren't from New York, Murray Hill is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a frat, it's like the it's frat, frat neighborhood. Frat. He'll practice lacrosse against their building. Yeah, I'm like if if he's living alone, then maybe I can understand it. But if yeah. he's living there with roommates, like it's a hard no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the, you know, Lower Murray Hill is like Upper Nomad, so yeah. you're like really getting you're splitting hairs. Yeah. Know? Um, he, his profile for the prompt where it says like I'm looking for someone who it says doesn't take themselves too seriously. Like gen- generally no. <laughs> Um, I guess it depends how hot he is. But yeah, like, I feel like those are always the guys where they just want you to be like super chill, like basically agree with everything I say. Yeah, like personality wise, I know, like if that's what you're giving me from your three prompts that you get, personality wise, yeah. it's not going to be a match. Yeah. But, um, sunglasses and every picture. That's a no. Like I can't <laughs> see what you look like. Um, there's two guys in all of his pictures. One you find like super attractive, but the other one you don't, but like you don't know who it is. I like, don't know which one it is. <laughs> are you taking the the chance or I, I could take the chance and okay. I would just be like, which one are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. you have to you have to bet that it's the one that's yeah. the least attractive one. Yeah. Like I, if he's gonna be putting photos with his attractive friend. Right. I try to think about dating apps like stockbroking. I'm like looking at profile, I'm like okay, would most girls probably swipe no on this person, but he might, like, it, it's like the risk and reward matrix. If I oh learned my God. anything <laughs> from being thrown into finance, I'm like, there is a chance though. Um, <laughs> and the next one has a mirror selfie. Uh, like just one, and it depends if it's cool or not. So okay. like, 
like I can look past the mirror selfie yeah. like one because this is also the reality like guys don't have photos no like they, they just don't they don't like take the photos picture isn't yeah it's like there's one photo from like them in college there's like a baby photo like they just don't have photos yeah. so like if you really you know oh, fine yeah. you know um then the follow-up has a mirror gym selfie Look, like, I go to the gym. I just, like, don't like it that much. And if you feel yeah. like that's something that is, like, a pillar to your personality, yeah. it's n- probably not going to work between us. So, yeah. like, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I feel like the body mirror pics are, like, for other men to be like, yeah, bro, like, you're so ripped. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, who, who are you trying to impress you? Like, I don't want to know more about, like, your macros than you do. Like, personally, my type is, like – so skinny they look like they're gonna die so oh i saw a tiktok on that yeah when you're like concerned about i'm always like what's your red blood cell count like what are you are you yeah literally (laughs) are you doing okay um oh and then has the same name as your dad or brother that's a no yeah i can't i i can't and that's a hard no i think so like my dad has like a very basic name like john like there's like no way to get around that but like if someone my brother's name is craig if there's another craig that's just like way too like no sorry yeah my my both my brother <laughs> and dad have like you know ethnic yeah sounding names like it would be like, too, too to specific home. yeah yeah no <laughs> oh, yeah thank you for playing and thank you for your time today it was really fun of course to get to talk to you um, yeah thanks for having me on yeah and you're on um instagram it's drinks first drinks dot first, first on instagram first. Um, um, and my personal is ariana.nathani on Instagram and on TikTok. Yay. Oh, yeah. I also saw I've, – I've seen some of your TikToks come up in the For You page. It's good, Rex. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah, then thanks for having me. You guys can listen to her podcast, um, also called Drinks First. Um, I think it's great to listen to, even if you don't live in New York. Um, I live in New York, and it's still, like, cosplay. I'm cosplaying cooler people in New York and, like, what they're doing. I'm just like, wow, like, this place in the Lower East Side, imagine if I take the train 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've charted in, like, over 40 countries, so more um, than just New Yorkers, like, listening to it. What is there anything, like, specific besides it just being, like, an awesome podcast that you credit the, like, success to? Like, was it just, like, a I, random, like, all these people found it and it's – great show. I think everybody has interest in life in New York and people always have interest about dating like yeah. it doesn't matter um how old you are or where you live you know there's a reason why New York City TikTokers have blown up across the world it's because yeah. people have a fascination with life in New York City yeah and people are always interested to hear dating stories like my mom's friends listen to the <laughs> podcast and they're like we learn so much from it because like we don't know what it's like to date yeah. during this time and it like gives us some insight into what our kids are going through. Yeah. So I've I've found audiences in all sorts of people. That's so nice. Do your parents listen to it then too or like My dad does not listen. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> my mom listens. Okay, that's good. My mom, my mom, my dad are on a road trip today and they're like, "Yeah, I found your podcast like can listen to it and I was like with headphones right and she's like should dad not listen and I was like you know I'm gonna go with no (laughs) you know I'm really glad my dad is like too lazy 
and like we have that boundary where it's like you don't need to listen to it and he's like I don't even care to listen to it and I'm like great it's not like a history channel documentary or some like (laughs) or for my dad like a true crime novel and like you're not interested (laughs) but yeah all right and then I guess I'm gonna say bye everyone bye (laughs) bye